0: Welcome to another episode of History and History podcast. I'm your host Alex, and that's Amador. Hi, Amador. Hi, Alex. What's
1: up? <laughs> we're back. We're a day late, but we're back.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I mean technically it'll come out tonight. It'll come out on the right day. It'll just yeah, be yeah.
1: I wasn't gonna change my fact of the day, so yeah. it's not a day late, it's like twelve short. hours
0: late. It's
1: fine. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be episode number 12, I think, think for season two. Do you remember what we talked about last week?
0: Yeah, it was mine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so obviously you remember.
0: Obviously, yeah. (laughs) It was about... um...
1: Semi-related to what we're talking about today.
0: Well, that doesn't help me considering I have no idea what we're talking about today. God damn it. I don't De- remember. We talked
1: about the Denver airport and how uh, oh, yeah. kind of weird it is, to say the least. Right. Right.
0: How do you not remember the Denver airport? I don't know. My brain is oatmeal right now. Uh,
1: so what's interesting is, and we'll get into this when we start talking about our story today, but I had my story, which I, I can at least, at least let you know, it's it's airport adjacent. Um before like two weeks ago like the day after our last or my last story i I, ha- I found this story and i was like oh i want to talk about this and then um last week you did the denver airport and i was like oh okay well next week it's also going to be kind of
0: we've done a few like airplane airport related ones now. yeah but I, but i we mean did like the Red that's, baron we did sure. the denver airport we did oh god i just had another one <laughs> Uh, another thing sure oh the Um, steven slater the guy that
1: right the (laughs) the guy that the guy who uh well yeah the opposite of quiet quitting right uh yeah so we've yeah we've done a a handful of airlines but we've also done like a handful of like naval stuff too because we've done like the bombardment of elwood and uh we did the whole halifax disaster and all that stuff too so Mm -hmm. it's kind of kind of we're 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 casting a wide net, I guess we'll say.
0: <laughs> we're With a transportation
1: podcast, actually. Yeah, a transportation transportation disaster podcast. Planes,
0: trains, automobiles, <laughs> tanks I made mean, out of bulldozers.
1: Right. We haven't done any automobiles yet, though, have we?
0: Mm, I mean, you did the uh, George Morgan guy that was automobiles. Jason.
1: Well, yeah, he invented the traffic light. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that guy every time I'm, I, I'm pulling up to a green light and it's like yellow, red. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's probably it's usually somewhere I'm trying to go quickly. Like the very first day of swim lessons, I hit every single red light between here, our house in East Helena, and the pool in Helena. Yep. And I, was, and I didn't know how long it was going to take, and I was already like, not running late, but... Like, I had to pick up your child first and everything, and I'm like, every single red light. And then the next day, I hit every green light, and I'm like, oh, I'm 20 minutes early now.
0: We did better as it went.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, that's big news, kind of. I mean, so many lessons are done. They've been done for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um, She did okay. Yeah, I think she was kind of over it by the the second week, last couple days of the second week. So was I. Sure. You were over her, just clinging to you the whole time, and being cold. She was like a slug.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and her screaming in my ear the whole time. (laughs) True. Other parents being like, "Look at those kids." Yeah,
1: but there were also other kids that were screaming the whole time too.
0: I could only hear my child screaming. Right. right I know,
1: but that's like the other parents weren't even paying attention. God damn it. So, that's a bit of banter. I also have some banter. Um, Okay. So our band performed for the first time this week. Live, live and in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on Wednesday, Wednesday night. Technically the Rock in the Rivers Eve, since the first night's not technically till Thursday. But
0: yeah, you played like the pre-party thing.
1: Yeah, we played the pre-party, and you know we were all practiced up. Nineteen songs we were going to run through. It was going to be awesome. We ended up only playing eight, I think, because about. Well, even driving out there, weather didn't look great. Looked like it was going to be kind of spotty with rain and stuff and wind. And um, we got down there and, you know, we started the setup. Um, Our drummer got about 50% of his drums set up and then started feeling drops. Okay, get the tarps out, tarped his drum set because we're not going to take it all the way down. Tarped all the electrical equipment. Went and sat in the RV, one of the RVs there, and just kind of waited. It never really started really raining while we were sitting there, but the wind kicked up pretty bad. So, anyway, waited for about an hour, saw a window. Unfortunately, weren't fast enough, because we were able to get everything set up, sound check, and then, like, probably get one song in, and then you start feeling drops. Song two some drops, song 3, more drops, song 4, lots of drops. Like it was pretty steadily raining at that point. Um we were supposed to take a break after son- after song 5, which we took like maybe 2 minutes. Just we were trying to adjust audio. We were having some some audio level issues and stuff, but uh we only took a break for a couple minutes and we're like we got it, cuz if we we someone told us i can't remember who but it was like if we take up any longer than that like everyone's gonna leave because everyone else is standing out in the rain watching us and there was probably like i mean there was a ton of people out there i'd say maybe like 30 people 30 to 40 people um not a you know we weren't <laughs> it was more people
0: than you've ever played to before
1: that's true but it wasn't like it wasn't a billion people, but it was you know, probably a solid 40 people or so. And they were kind of huddled under. There was like where we were set up. There was a couple other RVs that had some uh, canopy set up. So they were huddled under there. Um, and, but we weren't. We were not huddled under any. We were not under any kind of a canopy. So we were just soaked. And I'm messing up like some of the parts on the guitar because I've practiced these songs a lot. And I know these songs like the back of my hand. I've never practiced, the, practiced these songs with wet strings and a wet neck guitar neck my neck was also wet <laughs> and it's tough let me tell you it's uh it was rough but you know we powered through we did yeah another three songs or so and then we had to cut it and just like and it poured and we're done we're trying to take down all the gear and everything with the rain get it you know separate as much as we can wiped off got it you know put it in the vehicles and everything and then you know probably a half hour after we had stopped and the rain stopped and it probably didn't rain the rest of the night so <laughs> that was neat oh well i mean it is what it is yeah. it's not um
0: well you also don't want to like ruin all your equipment and stuff right yeah a was, lot of that was borrowed and
1: yeah um yeah so yeah at the same time it, we didn't want to cut it short but we had to like but we still got some good video we got some good uh pictures and stuff too turns out when it's raining makes it kind of look kind of cool especially we had a bunch of colorful lights and stuff on us and and the rain makes that look kind of cool you can see in some of the videos you can see our drummer hitting his cymbals or whatever and you can see the water coming off of them pretty neat really dampens the sound let me tell you <laughs> yeah <laughs> playing drums in the this we're not the blue man group out there banging on drums with water on them um you ever see the blue man group no you ever heard of them well yeah okay they were a huge Chicago thing. Like, they were always at the Rosemont Horizon or whatever. Real big. Anyway, never one saw them. But that's neither here nor there. We played We played the best we could to the, to the best that the environment allowed. And I think we did pretty good.
0: Yeah, the videos that I saw sounded good. And it looked like you guys were having fun regardless of the, I mean, yeah, of the rain. Like it was but kind
1: of like the first time I messed up because of the rain and like i had to stop like we had to restart a song or whatever and i was like but then like all the nerves are gone once you like acknowledge it you're like ah yeah i messed that up okay let's do it again then there's like no nerves because it's like yeah people people are cheering and stuff and we still got everyone wants their five minutes of fame people we did something and 30 people cheered for us that was cool never had that happen before and i played baseball for three years in high school
0: well if you want to watch these videos where should you go
1: uh youtube.com forward slash at the at sign Blackout Bliss official. apparently got to put that at sign in there because if you just go youtube.com slash blackoutblissofficial 404s so mm-hmm. or you check us out on facebook blackoutbliss um pretty easy to find just about anywhere instagram blackoutblissofficial um everything's everything is like it's like uh it's like a family tree in Kentucky. in Kentucky. Everything's interconnected. So if you find Instagram, it'll link you to YouTube. If you find YouTube, it'll link you to Instagram, Facebook, and all stuff.
0: stuff. I'm only good on our uh, Insta and Facebook and
1: whatever, Sure. Too. Appreciate the the shout-out. We had a lot of fun. Good. Um, so then, yeah, hopefully next time we play, it'll be an indoors because I really prefer that. <laughs> I'm already out on outdoor arenas. Sure. At least ones that don't have a cover. Uh, Okay, that's enough about me. Do you have any banter? I think I had one more thing down for banter. Oh, potty training.
0: I think we should turn this into a drinking game. And every time you say banter, people have to take a shot. No. I think if any brave soul out there wants to. I think if any brave soul out there wants to, they should buy me a 12-foot skeleton. Oh, my God. And also, Kaylin just informed me that the... um, Spirit Halloween sign is out at um, Shopco now. So get ready for that. Oh, boy. It's time. It's spooky season.
1: I guess it's not September. Not even September yet. It's already spooky season.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, August 1st is spooky season.
1: Do you want to talk about Evelyn trying to go potty Um, (laughs) or just potty training in general? It sucks.
0: It's sucking the life out of me.
1: She did good for, like, three days, and now we're back to, like, nothing.
0: Well, here's the thing. So, we put the little... She has this little Elmo potty. We put it out in the living room because we were just, like, kind of having her sit there. And uh, because for the longest time, she wouldn't do it. She'd sit on the potty and just kind of, like, nothing would happen. Same thing would happen at daycare. So, we... Put her out in the living room so she could just, like, watch Cocoa Melon or whatever and, like, drink her juice and eventually, like, go
1: to the bathroom. Right. Praying much just trying to get her comfortable.
0: Right. So, she did. And it was great. And then it happened a couple more times and it was great. And, like, things were looking up. And now I think she's just playing. Like, she just wants to read her books while she's sitting on the potty and she mm-hmm. wants to play with her blocks and whatever. So, I think... The potty has become a toy.
1: Yeah, so we will have to separate toy from, yeah. like, we're in here to do business. Right. <laughs> this is
0: a utility. This is for a reason.
1: All right. I mean, but she knows. I mean, like, she's like she's putting it together. It's just.
0: Yeah, she's just not doing it. But I also, like, feel like the second we put the diaper back on her, she's like,
1: okay. Yeah. Then she goes. Oh, anyway we are only been doing it for like a week so it's you know.
0: No we haven't. It's been like three
1: <laughs> No it hasn't.
0: Yes it has
1: No it hasn't. Yes it has. Are you crazy? Are you it's crazy? It's been a week No it hasn't. We would have talked about it on the last podcast if it, if it had been more than a week ago. I feel like that's not true A eh, 100% it would have been true Um anyway So That's all I've got Was the band stuff Do you have anything else? banter 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 for those people drinking at home
0: i mean i I don't think so
1: okay uh so we'll talk about the fact of the day for august 11th that's today if you're listening to this tonight (laughs) uh son of i put i put down today's year i'll make up the year Nineteen eighty-eight. i think or nine 1989 88 89 90 I think it was either, it's either 88, 89, or 90. Wow. So my fact of the day is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Dream Child premieres. Nightmare on Elm Street being part of the that's the Freddy Krueger franchise. You know, guy with one hand's full of knives, burn victim.
0: Sure. Ugly sweater. <sighs> yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> Green and red sweater. Never wear horizontal stripes. It's a bad look for everyone. Um, he's one of my favorite movie villains. It's kind of fun. This was, like, by Dream by dream Child, by five, like, he had become more of a... Uh, a comical, more so. Like, Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th series was always, like, this, like, monster that didn't talk. Same with Michael Myers, Halloween. So there was always, like, a level of taking it seriously. But Freddy Krueger, like, made a lot of puns and stuff when he killed people. Like, he... There was a in one of the movies, I can't remember which one, if it's Dream Child or not. But in one of the movies, he he like becomes he becomes a TV like his arms come out of the sides of an old box television and his head's like sticking out of the top. And he attacks this girl who wants to be a movie star. So he like grabs her head by either side of her head. And he's like, welcome to prime time, bitch. And then slams her head into the like the cavity of his chest, which is the TV monitor. (laughs) <laughs> like, wow. So he kind of became like a a punny <laughs> killer. <laughs> and his iconic like bitch was his thing. Like you've seen that Rick and Morty episode. No, where, I haven't. Yeah, I, I've showed it to you where he's running around and he's like, oh, bitch. That's them making fun of Freddy Krueger. Anyway, that's all. That's neither here nor there. That uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 Dream Shop premiered on August 11th. Now, you might be wondering, well, Amador, why would you pick that? If it's is it just because it's one of your favorite movie franchises? Well, no, of course not. But the film features the song Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, which at the time was a solo hit for one Mr. Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden. Okay. However, it was taken, uh, I guess you could say it was commandeered by Iron Maiden uh, and released as a song on their album No Prayer for the Dying.
0: How exciting.
1: Yeah, that came out in 1990. That's why I was like, it's either 88, 89, or 90. <laughs> One of those three is when the movie came out. Probably 90, if I had to guess. Yeah.
0: Well, so fact. that doesn't really
1: relate to anything we've talked about before. but.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot you were doing that.
1: Usually. It doesn't always work out, though. There's always, like, something going on during World War One or World War Two, but it's, like like, rehashing that stuff is just kind of boring, so... Go listen to the Halifax episode of World <laughs> War One. Go listen to the Zimmerman Telegram episode. You really should go listen to that one if you're really interested in the history of of wars and stuff. That's pretty cool stuff. Okay.
0: Somebody should do how World War One started because nobody knows.
1: I know a guy. His name's Dan Carlin. No. Hardcore oh, History. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's called... Uh, the, the most pr- boring thing you'll ever hear. No, in your it's life. called the blueprint for Armageddon, and it's a five-six episode series that are each like five to six hours long, and they're so good. They'll tell you all about how World War One came about. Anyway. But
0: it'll take eighteen years, for you to thirty get hours. It's too much. Too <laughs> much.
1: You don't have to listen to it in one sit.
0: Like that's enough time <laughs> for you to get a bachelor's degree in history.
1: No, it's not.
0: Sure, it is. <laughs> Ask anyone.
1: Shout out to all the history majors out there who are now crying and screaming into their fucking microphones.
0: Because their football team just lost because they're all football coaches. (laughs)
1: Yikes. (laughs) I didn't see that bus coming. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, Actually, we know a guy who's going to become a history teacher. Uh, we just saw him at the Volby concert. Oh, yeah. Max. Shout out to Max. Shout out to Max if he listens to this. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't end up becoming a football coach. I think Maybe. he was a soccer kid. All right. Well,
0: I mean, football and a He was a middle school
1: history teacher, which is bananas to which me. Is, but anyway, yeah, good for him. Crazy. Uh, shout out to Max. Uh, apparently, stayed at my house one time. I completely forgot. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. That was when we were living in Edmonds. We went
0: to a Five Finger Death Punch concert. Um, at the like, White River Amphitheater or something.
1: Oh, where we saw Matchbox 20?
0: No, it wasn't. It was a different place. Okay.
1: Then not where we saw Matchbox 20. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Rob Thomas. Love that guy. Anyway, let's talk about our episode for today. So it tastes kind of a special episode, not because of what I'm talking about, but because this, this episode is going to include a clip, which is, we've never done an episode with a clip before.
0: Are we allowed to use a clip?
1: Yeah. This is open open source. Open source clippage. Okay. You'll understand when I talk about what it is. So I said it was airport adjacent. We're going to be talking about an air uh, a flight today, a specific flight.
0: You're talking about nine eleven. No. Oh. <laughs> you think no one knows that story? Well, I th- yeah, but like,
1: talk about the conspiracy theories behind it.
0: Maybe, and then no. you could play a clip of like the people calling and. Whatever. Nope, don't want to play that. That's the a saddest little bit, thing you've yeah, ever exactly. heard.
1: Yeah, exactly. That sounds super depressing. No, uh, no, we are going to play. I will play a clip though of some of the air traffic control traffic between the pilot and air traffic control. All right. So, uh, we're going to talk about FedEx flight seven zero five.
0: Okay. Is uh, that the one that Tom Hanks was on?
1: No, it's not. It's a flight that was, um, it's uh, man. I can't believe I don't have this down. Um, give me one sec. We're not going to take this out because I think it's fun when I don't know something. Uh, I don't have the date of when it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a history podcast. April 7th, se- cool. 1994. I knew it was the early 90s. It was a it was a while ago, though. So I was two years old. You were negative one years old. A while ago. So April 7th, 1994, FedEx Flight 705. FedEx, uh, sorry, Flight 705 is a, it was a McDonnell Douglas DC-1030 cargo jet. It's a FedEx. Of course it's a cargo jet, right? It's their Federal Express. They gotta bring me oh, my stuff. Yeah, you can't like <laughs> ship your they're family. Not put, to... They're not putting that on one of the frontier jets. <laughs> uh, it was carrying electronics equipment from Memphis, Tennessee, to San Jose, California. It's a long way. Uh, the flight was the subject, uh, and this is what we'll, we'll be talking about. It was the subject of a hijack attempt by a FedEx employee who had boarded the flight as a deadhead passenger. Now, I think you talked about deadhead passengers previously.
0: I did not. We know about deadhead passengers because we were watching "Catch Me If You Can."
1: Right. Okay. So, for people who don't know, I included this in here because I thought you had talked about it when you talked about Steven Slater. No. But okay. So, a deadhead deadheading is the practice of carrying free of charge a transport company's own staff on a normal passenger trip so that they can be in the right place to begin their duties. So this guy's like, hey, man, I need a ride to San Jose. Can you? Can I jump on your cargo jet? And they're like, sure, why not?
0: They're shipping their own employees.
1: Right. <laughs> Federal Express. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's get into FedEx Flight 705. Three flight crew members were in the cockpit on this flight. 49-year-old Captain David, Dave Sanders. <laughs> I like how it includes all the... Like the nicknames Um, He had worked for FedEx for 20 years And previously served with the U.S. Navy For 9 years during the Vietnam War 42 year old First officer James Tucker Who had worked for FedEx for 10 years Sorry, James Tucker Jr. Who had worked for FedEx for 10 years And previously served with the U.S. Navy For 12 years during the Vietnam War And People Express Airlines for 3 years And uh, Third person, 39 year old flight engineer Andrew Andy Peterson who had worked for FedEx for five years, so you got some vets on this on this flight, Check. literally and figuratively. Like they've all been with FedEx for a while, and these two of these guys were in the military. Let's talk about our deadhead guy, who is our antagonist, we'll say in this story. Uh, so, also in the airplane was a forty-two-year-old FedEx flight engineer named Auburn Calloway. Shout out to Moose Calloway, what kid I used to go to school with in tech. His name was Dylan, but we called him Moose. Uh, his last name was Calloway.
0: <laughs> Alright.
1: He doesn't listen to this. Uh, you know, we could
0: shave off like five minutes of every podcast if you didn't do shoutouts.
1: I like shoutouts, though. So, Auburn Calloway, he's an alumnus of Stanford University and former Navy pilot and martial arts expert. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus laughs> he just Christ. does that a lot. Uh, who is... At the time of this incident, he was facing possible dismissal over falsifying his flight hours. So he's already in it.
0: (laughs) He's a liar.
1: (laughs) Right. So to disguise the hijacking as an accident, uh, so his family would benefit from his $2.5 million, that's like $5 million nowadays, uh, life insurance policy, Calloway intended to murder the flight crew using blunt force. Here's his plan. To accomplish this, he brought on board two claw hammers, two club hammers a spear gun and a knife which he didn't use <laughs> concealed inside a guitar case the spear gun is the thing that gets me the most <laughs> like a harpoon sure two claw hammers two club hammers a spear gun and a knife i'm literally like, imagining like, what
0: you kill a whale
1: with yeah shoot On spears yeah in a guitar case to kill three people. 9-11 hadn't, been, hadn't happened yet. They didn't care.
0: I guess, but like... <laughs> I feel like... <laughs>
1: Maybe okay. one hammer. You could have a Maybe. bigger plan. Like, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Pick we'll get anything in. else. We'll get
1: into it. Uh, so he carries with him a note. And he also carries with him a note written to his ex-wife. I'm oh, sorry. He, so he, uh, he also carries a note with him written to his ex-wife that quote... Uh, describes the author's apparent despair.
0: Ah, uh, this isn't a happy-go-lucky.
1: Oh, he's not having fun. <laughs> no, just before the flight, Calloway had transferred over fifty-four thousand dollars, about one hundred six thousand dollars in today's money, uh, in securities and cashier's checks to his ex-wife. Just so probably explained to his ex-wife, like, "Hey,
0: I'm <laughs> just about to go down." Here's the hookup.
1: Okay, so um, before, which I feel
0: like should be a red flag to all involved
1: yeah well no one read the note he had it on his person
0: right but like the transferring a bunch of money to like your ex-wife randomly you know
1: right but he i mean i think he wrote the note because i don't think she knew or it was he did it the day of it's not it says just before the flight so he's probably like in he's right in the the terminal like called his bank and was like hey i need to transfer Cause he couldn't do he didn't have a smartphone he wasn't pulling up the bank of america app uh, to transfer over funds. <laughs> he had to make a call. Sign a cashier's check or whatever. Feels weird. Anyway. anyway. So before takeoff, as part of his plan to disguise the intended attack as an accident, Calloway attempted... Now remember, he's a flight engineer. Uh, he attempted to disable the cockpit voice recorder called the CVR by pulling its circuit breaker to interrupt CVR power. Essentially, it just records everything that's going on in the cockpit. There's a huge transcript for this... um, thing that I'm not going to read but it's pretty interesting Uh, during uh, standard flight pre-flight checks Peterson the uh, uh, the guy the flight engineer who had been there for five years he noticed the pulled breaker and reset it before takeoff so he's doing his pre-checks and stuff which I mean you would think that Callaway would understand like they're gonna do that they're gonna look for stuff like that anyway so he reactivates uh, the CVR. If he had not, if Callaway had killed the crew members with the CVR still on. Oh, sorry. If Callaway, even with the CVR still on, if he had killed the the crew members with it on, he would have had to fly for 30 minutes to erase any trace of a struggle from the CVR's 30 minute loop. Which seems like a huge like, I don't know why it loops on itself for 30 minutes. Maybe it's just storage capacity at the time. It Maybe. is 1994. And I'm like, sure guess, that doesn't exist anymore.
0: Well, yeah, but they probably figure, like, if they're going to catch anything significant, it's going to be when the plane is going down and a plane doesn't...
1: Take more than 30, 30 minutes 30 to go minutes down. To <laughs> it just crashes. Reach the earth. It just, just blows up. <laughs> and that just seems like... But, yeah, I guess in 1994, you think about storage and stuff like that. Digital storage, anyway. So... 26 minutes after takeoff, as the plane was passing 19,000 feet, and then the flight crew carried on casual conversation, Calloway went into the back to get his weapons, entered the flight deck, and attacked Peterson, Tucker, and Sanders. All three members of the crew received multiple hammer blows. Both Peterson and Tucker, the first officer, suffered fractured skulls, and Peterson's temporal artery was severed. Jesus. The blow to Tucker's head drilled shards of bone into his brain and initially rendered him unable to move or react, but he was still conscious. Captain Sanders reported that during the beginning of the attack, he could not discern any emotion from Calloway, just, quote, simply a face in his eyes. So I guess he was just like, I got to do this. And it's like, he also a vet, right? So probably faced doing having to do stuff like that when he was at war and he's a martial arts expert. So his kind of just like okay i have to do this i have to kill these three people
0: i get well i mean yeah it's all 100 percent premeditated so it's not like he's acting in self-defense or anything
1: like he's not scared no
0: he's on a mission
1: um okay so when calloway ceases his hammer attacks peterson and sanders begin to get out of their seats to go after calloway after suffering multiple hammer blows both of them
0: with fractured skulls
1: yeah calloway left the cockpit and retrieves his spear gun i'll be right back i gotta grab something hold (laughs) on wait here he came back into the cockpit and threatened everyone to sit down on their seats despite a loud ringing in his ear and being unbalanced and dazed peterson grabbed the gun by the spear between the barbs and the barrel so you know like you've seen spear guns right it's got like the barrel ends and then it usually sticks out a little bit and then there's the end of it like where the actual barbed part is so that's where he grabbed it. it was in between that part uh, Tucker then put the Tucker then put the so Peterson's grabbing this gun Tucker the co-captain we'll call him puts the DC-10 into a sharp 15 degree climb and a lengthy struggle ensues while Tucker also an ex-navy pilot performed extreme aerial maneuvers with the aircraft this guy's like the blue angels up there. <laughs> He pulled the plane into a sudden 15-degree climb, as I said, throwing Sanders, Peterson, and Callaway out of the cockpit and into the galley. So he's like, I know what I need to do. And he just, like, yanks up or yanks back on the thing, pitches it. Uh, To try to throw Callaway off balance, Tucker then returned the plane into a left roll almost on its side. So now he's like, so he's flat, pulls up into a 15-degree, and then cranks it to the left. That's nuts.
0: I mean, you got to shake them off. Uh, yeah. Like, what else are you going to do? <laughs>
1: this rolled the combatants along the smoke curtain onto the left side of the galley. Eventually, Tucker had rolled the plane almost upside down at 140 degrees. Jesus. So they're almost <laughs> upside down in the air. Bananas. In a
0: cargo plane. Like, we watch videos of airplanes all the time because yeah. your daughter's obsessed with them. Still. And, like, they're so much bigger than commercial airplanes. Oh, they're, yeah. they're fucking tanks. They're
1: massive and he's got it flying almost upside down
0: that's crazy
1: uh so uh, so it's he, crazy
0: that they can
1: you that know they can get upside down yeah like Imagine, i don't
0: know the the physics of it i don't know anything about that but like i don't the, know it seems like a small fighter jet sure but a gigantic like
1: it just takes a lot of power i, I guess. guess um so eventually, Tucker has the plane almost upside down at 140 degrees while attempting to maintain a visual reference of the environment around him to the window. So he's still trying to like look out the window to be like, where am I? <laughs> and he's like, there's bones in my brain. And remember, this is a cargo plane, so he doesn't have to really... Wor- it's not like he has to worry about passengers or anything, like in the backseat throw... You know, in the back seat, in the back of the plane, like throwing up or whatever. Or People like- just
0: don't get their walk bands.
1: Yeah. And they're like, well, yeah, exactly. People aren't like... There's not... Just the flight attendants aren't in the aisle with the... Dr. Pepper and drink trays and right. stuff. They're not handing out cookies and stuff. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Pitch." <laughs>
0: There's just only like six TVs that can fit in the back of this plane.
1: <laughs> it's 94. The TVs, yeah, are pretty big <laughs> CRT TVs. They're, they're enormous. He's got six TVs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Peterson Sanders and Calloway. So Peterson Sanders and peterson and sanders just to like just to keep everyone um up to date here so so tucker is the co-pilot he's the one flying right now sanders is the main pilot and peterson is the guy who is the he's the flight engineer he's like the young one he's only been there for five years
0: those are all the ones that are supposed to be on this plane
1: right and Calloway, I mean, I guess is also supposed to be on this plane. He's but just
0: kind of like the wild card that was thrown in there. He's the one that's being shipped.
1: Yeah. So, but so Peterson and Tucker, they're the ones that had the fractured skulls. And Peterson's the one with the temporal artery is severed. So his art, his temporal artery is severed at this point while he's fighting with this guy. So
0: he's bleeding out into. And his Tucker
1: brain. is the one flying. Sanders is also fighting with this. Sanders and Peterson are fighting. Tucker, co-pilot is, well, co-captain is piloting at this point.
0: Is there not in this plane like a uh, close the door to the cockpit? How there is like on I, don't I don't know. I don't
1: know. We can probably put some visual references up of the of what the plane looks like. I didn't look at what it like what the inside looks like. Yeah, did see pictures of the inside after the incident though. Yikes! Lots of blood. Let me tell you. Uh, okay, Peterson, Sanders, and Callaway are then pinned to the ceiling of the plane because remember it's almost upside down. <laughs> 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 They're pinned to the ceiling. Uh, Callaway manages to wrench his hammer hand free and hit Sanders in the head again. So this is the captain again, hit in the head again. Just then, Tucker puts the plane into a steep, dr- a steep dive. So he was going up at 15 degrees, then he cranked it left to 140 degrees, now he's diving. This pushed the combatants back to the smoke curtain, but the wings and elevators, I don't know, that must be just part of the plane, started to flutter. At this point, Tucker could hear the wind rushing against the cockpit windows. At a speed of 460 knots, um, which is about 530 miles an hour, Jeez. the plane's elevators flooded so much that the control surfaces became unresponsive due to the disrupted airflow. So he couldn't even like control it anymore. This lack of control tested the aircraft's safety limits. Tu- Tucker also began to sense a Mack truck effect as the airflow over the wings approached the speed of sound. So he's <laughs> like, they're cruising. Uh, yeah, <laughs> real fast. Tucker realized the throttles were at full power, increasing the speed of the aircraft. Releasing his only usable hand to pull back the throttles to idle, he managed to pull the plane out of the dive as it slowed down. So he's like trying to get it out of the dive, get it flipped back over and slow it down. Guy's a champ. <laughs> like, and not hit anything else. <laughs> he's a Navy pilot though. I mean, you know, and not hit anything else. There's not much traffic in the air.
0: What do you think? There's a shitload of traffic in the air. Look (laughs) up. There's at least three things in the air right now.
1: By our house, sure. Can
0: you imagine watching this from the ground being like, oh, there's a FedEx fucking thing way the hell up there. And then it's like flipping around and doing shit and diving. What the hell?
1: Uh, Okay. As the DC-10 leveled off at 5,000 feet, they were at 19. They've dropped 14,000 feet at this point. Uh, Callaway manages to hit Sanders again while the struggle continued, and this time the blow nearly knocked him unconscious. Sanders was losing strength. That's the captain. Peterson was bleeding out of his ruptured temporal arter- artery and was starting to go into shock. Um, in spite of his diminishing strength, Sanders managed to gr- Sanders managed to grab the hammer out of Callaway's hand and attacked him with it. Hit. He started to fight back. Mm-hmm. Um, when the plane was completely level, Tucker alerted the Memphis center. And that's the clip I'm gonna play for you.
2: Sir, sir, emergency. Uh, aircraft with emergency, go ahead. Aircraft with emergency, say again. To me. Aircraft with emergency, say again. Express 705, not been wounded. We've had an attempted uh, takeover on board the airplane. Give me a vector, please. Time, hurry. Express uh, 705, flying 0905, direct Memphis. Give me advise, Memphis. Express 705, flying uh, of 090, uh, and uh, to the airports at 43 miles, 12 o'clock. It's the same line direction to Memphis. Uh, Express 705, you're uh, eastbound at this time, and it'll be about uh, 12:31 o'clock. Right? Look, just keep talking to me, okay? Yeah, we need an ambulance and uh, we need uh, arms intervention as well. And alert the uh, airport facility. Express 705, we have an emergency. He's turning back, direct Memphis. He had an attempted takeover. He is wounded at this time. He's had an attempted takeover? Be affirmative. He's uh, north of Forest City by about eight miles at this time. He's at okay. 10,000 descending to 10,000. Okay, ready to contact. And uh, you put him on 19 Nineteen one. 19 1. Express 705, heavy Memphis, out of here. Express 705 heavy Memphis out of here. Memphis, uh, can you hear me? Uh, is this Express 705 heavy? 705, yes. Express uh, 705 heavy uh, Memphis Roger, I do hear you. You can proceed direct Memphis if able. Expect runway niner. The altimeter's 302 niner. You understand? We're declaring an emergency. We need security to meet the airplane. We'll stop it on the runway, or we can. Express 705 heavy, affirmative. All that's been taken care of. 705 heavy verify uh, situation is still under control well it's sort of under control i'm coming around to three uh, 36 left okay express 705 heavy runway 36 left clear to land clear vehicle approach 36 so left you are clear to land the wind is 05
1: so that's direct audio from that uh so that's like i said tucker talking to air traffic control at The Memphis airport and then air traffic control also talking to whoever their guy on the whatever the security guard guy that was uh was gonna be meeting him on the runway so you could hear the stress in Tucker's voice of like yeah
0: but he's also calm at the same time right he's very like here's what we need here's what's going on and the guy's like what (laughs) (laughs) he's like what's kind of under control (laughs) except that we're all bleeding from the head and I got bones in my brain (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah exactly uh so um yeah he handles it like a champ but i mean veteran pilot been doing it for 20 years 20 plus years and remember he also isn't like in the struggle he's been flying for the past however long they've been struggling he got hit he's still injured but he's yeah. not sanders or or uh, andy uh So, he's going back. That I thought that was really interesting. Really, that's how I found out about this incident. I was like, I was going through something. I can't remember what else. I was. I don't know. I was just looking for interesting because I'm a weirdo and I like to listen to like old dispatch stuff and everything. Just because. I mean, that was my life for six years, so it's always kind of interesting. And then that stuff came. Like that came up something for uh, about like air traffic control. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I started reading about the incident and I was like, oh, it's neat. That's yeah. what I'm going to talk about. And then, of course, like I said, you talked about the Denver airport a couple of days later and I was like, okay, well, I'm not changing what I'm talking about.
0: We're now an aeronautics podcast.
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, so at this point, the plane's completely level. Tucker, as I said, alerts the Memphis Center. That was the recording that we listened to.
0: So now they're headed back to Memphis.
1: Oh yeah, they never, they like got to nineteen thousand feet, and I immediately turned around. I imagine as soon as as soon as this guy comes running through the door with a spear gun, the hammer, they right. were like, "All right, time to go home." Uh, so he requests an ambulance, and as he as he mentioned, armed intervention, meaning he wanted a SWAT team to storm the plane. So and then the Makes guy's sense. like all right and the guy's like is it under control he's like well it's mostly under control
0: define under control
1: so and and under control this is what he meant so it says the flight crew eventually succeeded in restraining and disarming callaway although only after moments of inverted and overspeed flight beyond the designated capabilities of a dc 10 so tucker the way he's flying this thing is like, it shouldn't be flown this way. He's Thank flying God. it like he's in the military. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it wasn't designed to be doing, like, combat maneuvers. Fuck your microwaves. <laughs> it was there. It's there. <laughs> you know what was really big in 1994? Probably, like, sharper image. It was there delivering, like, massage chairs and, like, weird balls of electricity you can put your hand on, and it goes like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of uh, weird, like, dollar store... What are those? Or asking on lamps? TV
1: stuff? Yeah. yeah. Uh, phones
0: like wall-corded phones, but like the plastic ones, the the ones that you could see through, and like shoe phones, ones that look like hamburgers.
1: <laughs> okay, so Sanders takes back control. He's the captain. He takes back control. Tucker, by then, has his sense of touch severely diminished and was paralyzed on the right side of his body. So he had been flying this plane Yikes. for how long with one half of his body. That's why earlier when I said like he had to take his hand off one hand, he had to take one hand off the stick to pull the throttle back down. Mm-hmm. Um. So and then Tucker goes to assist Peterson in restraining Callaway. So they got the guy with the temporal artery bleed restraining the attacker, and then you've, now you've got the guy who's paralyzed on the entire right side of his body also restraining the attacker. Sanders then gets on the radio, communicates with air traffic control preparing for an emergency landing back at Memphis International Airport. Meanwhile, Callaway started fight starts fighting with the crew again. So, fully loaded with fuel and cargo, the plane was approaching too fast and too high to land on the scheduled runway 9. Remember that you could hear him say like send him to 9. Yeah. Due to the plane's weight, speed, and height, it was at risk of breaking up upon landing under these conditions. Sanders requested by radio to land on the longer runway 36L. Ignoring warnings from the ground proximity warning system and using a series of sharp turns that further tested the DC-10 safety limits, Sanders landed the jet safely on the runway at 16,000, that's 35,000 pounds, over its maximum designed landing weight.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: So, because you got to remember, it's, 30, like it's over its landing weight, but if it had flown all the way to San Jose, it would have lost a lot of weight and fuel. Sure. So it's still got all that fuel and everything. And it's like, Paul up, Paul up. <laughs> like You hear that all the time in like airplane <laughs> movies. Uh, okay. So he gets it landed by that time. Callaway is restrained. Emergency personnel, and police gain access to the plane via the escape slide and ladder. So there's not like, they're not just walking on board. Sorry. My nose itches. Uh, Inside, they find the interior of the galley and cockpit covered in blood. Calloway was then arrested, taken off the plane, and along with Peterson, Tucker, and Sanders, taken to a nearby hospital. All of the crew of Flight 705 survived the attack but were seriously injured. The left side of Tucker's skull was severely fractured, causing motor control problems in his right arm and right leg. So that's why he was like going numb. Yeah. Callaway had also dislocated Tucker's jaw, attempted to gouge out one of his eyes, and stabbed his right arm. Jesus. So, he and he still flew this plane and was doing flips and shit. Like...
0: And talking through a dislocated jaw. This makes
1: me think, like, this gives me a lot more faith in pilots. Like, if something bad goes wrong, like, if this guy can survive that beating and still, like, keep the plane from yeah, blowing I mean, up your
0: survival instincts kick in
1: and your training sure i mean 30 years or whatever with the the military and fedex like that's a lot of years of just like everything's kind of uh it was like muscle memory at that point right uh okay sanders so captain suffered several deep gashes in his head and doctors had to sew his right ear back in place and Flight Engineer Peterson's skull was fractured and his temporal artery severed, which you mentioned. Um, the aircraft itself incurred $800,000 worth of damage.
0: That was less than I would imagine. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> Callaway pleaded temporary insanity, but was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences.
0: <laughs> okay, it, listen, the insanity plea doesn't work if... It's you transferred,
1: yeah. If you transferred money beforehand, like,
0: right? If you had the foresight to like actually, think he was this temporarily through,
1: crazy. So
0: was I.
1: <laughs> uh, so he gets two consecutive life sentences, and because they're federal sentences, no parole.
0: No.
1: Uh, that's on August 11th. Hey. I
0: didn't know that's how that worked.
1: <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even realize that on August 11th, 19, eight, 1995.
0: Hey, it turns out, well, shit. <laughs> Happy accident.
1: Happy accident. That's funny. Uh, So he gets, I mean, this is not good, but if you're going to go to jail, he gets brought in on interference with a flight crew, which, I mean, that's boring, but attempted air piracy? What's up? That's MVP level crimes. Yikes. (laughs) Attempted air piracy. (sighs) The latter conviction, so the interference with a flight crew, was vacated on appeal as of july 2023 calloway is a federal bureau he's in the federal bureau holy smokes sorry he's a federal bureau of prisons inmate and currently imprisoned at usp mccreary united states prison mccreary in kentucky in case you want to contact him well send him a message learned about you
0: maybe i'll listen to this podcast can you listen to podcasts in prison
1: people have tiktok and stuff in prison so maybe i don't
0: think they're supposed to
1: (laughs) well if he listens to this shout out to him
0: shout out to him
1: uh so may 26th so this occurred in what i say
0: i don't remember whenever
1: (laughs) i could go back and look i'm not gonna bother oh you know what actually it's right here uh sorry april so april 7th is when it occurred so may 26th 1994 so just a month and a half later whatever uh, the Airline Pilots Association awarded Dave Sanders, Jim Tucker, and Andy Peterson the Gold Medal Award for Heroism, which is the highest award a civilian pilot can receive. As of 2004, 10 years after the incident, and due to the extent and severity of the injuries, none of the crew has been recertified as medically fit to fly commercially. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that might have changed now, but they've got to be getting pretty old now. So they I mean, probably, yeah. Um, However, Jim Tucker, Mr mr main pilot flying with half his body paralyzed he returned to recreational flying in his luck Le- Leusk- loose uh, if troy can probably say this better Loosecomb 8a <laughs> by 2002 so less than 10 years later he was already recreationally flying again
0: good i mean good on him
1: uh so the dc you might be wondering whatever happened to the plane <laughs> uh the Still dc in use today the dc <laughs> Still delivering your dumb shit from FedEx today. (laughs) Uh, So the DC-1030 aircraft involved uh, was repaired after the incident, then returned to service. In 2008, it was upgraded to an MD-10, which, among other improvements, eliminated the ongoing need for a flight engineer. On June 7th, 2022, the same aircraft was involved in another incident where the crew safely diverted to Tulsa International Airport after receiving a cargo fire warning indication on December 31st, 2022, it was among the last of FedEx's MD10 fleet to be retired, having flown for the company since January 24th, 1986. So it flew January of 86 till 2023 till the beginning Holy of 2023. Shit. It's a senior citizen. <laughs> 1 year in regular years is 7 years in airplane years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. That thing is haunted.
1: <laughs> uh sure so what is that 1986 to 2022 i don't do That's public 22 math. plus 14 36 years i mean that's pretty good that's a really good state pension you work for the state of montana for 36 years you work for any company for 36 years you're probably getting pretty good retirement yeah they probably parted this thing out <laughs> Shortly after learning of so shortly after learning of the retirement, aviation enthusiast Jack Schneider started an online petition to encourage FedEx to assist in preserving the aircraft, citing its significance in aviation history resulting from its involvement in and survival of this attempted at hijacking. As of March 21st, 2023, the petition has obtained 10,541 signatures, though it is unclear if FedEx is aware of it. Did you sign it? I'm going to after this, uh, after this episode comes Should out. Should we
0: put a link to where you can sign the petition on sure. social? Yeah, I'll
1: find it and we'll put it up there. All
0: right. Justice for...
1: Justice for... I can give you the flight number.
0: I'm going to name it Clyde.
1: Clyde the... Clyde, J.J. the jet plane. <laughs> uh, it's N306FE. So Neffy for short. Nephi.
0: Justice for Nephi. Justice for Neffy. Justice for Neffy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's my story. All right. Hopefully, I think the clip will come out pretty well. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, it's the first time we'll have done that. So
1: Yeah. But I figured I had the clip. Like, it started with the clip. Yeah. So I was like, well, I want to include this somehow. And because it's like, all that stuff's public record, because it's like air traffic control, like, you can get, you can, like, public records request anything. Yeah. All that stuff. So that's why you're like, can we use it? Yeah. <laughs> I can use it. FOIA for you
0: freedom of information act
1: hell yeah inside and tap your phones too uh okay that's my story and i'm sticking to it it was uh, a good one anything for anything else for the good of the order or should we wrap it up um next week we're well we'll talk about it, i guess on the podcast because we're Going out of town next week again, again on an airplane. <laughs> on an airplane, or like ten, six airplanes. Actually. <laughs> oh my god! It'll be fun. Will it? It'll be fine. Wait till everyone's like, "I right, go potty on the plane," uh-huh. and <laughs> they gotta go stuff two people into the into the. And hope she stall. doesn't get sucked in. Sucked in? Well, you're, gonna, you're not gonna flush it with her on it. What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's gonna want to flush it she'll be like wash hands wash hands Fush, Fush,
1: <laughs> and then she'll be terrified <laughs> <of it>. <laughs> 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 okay if that's if you got nothing i got nothing
0: i guess yeah
1: okay uh thanks for listening everyone we'll uh catch you next time yeah. i love you but i love you